Ladies and gentlemen, for the few in attendance and the thousands who will be listening around the world, let's get ready to podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? Thanks for tuning into our channel. This is a Tribe Called Dylan podcast. I'm Angie Dylan, And I'm Rose Dylan, And I'm Alvin Dylan. And we are a Tribe Called Dylan. I know. And so we're going to have these awkward moments on camera <laughs> where we're like, what next? But anyhow, this is what you get when you're just in the very beginning stages of launching your podcast, right? Because we're trying to find the nuances and we're trying to figure things out. And what are we talking about today, y'all? I think the, the question here is, why are we doing this? Mm, the million dollar the question. The million dollar. Yes. Well, why are we doing this? Why are you doing it? Why did you sign up to do a podcast with your two sisters? Because you guys made me. <laughs> Truth That's be told. Right. Truth be told. Uh, I don't know. I think so. Maybe uh, you said uh, you want podcast. So I say you talk, she talk, me talk, everybody talk. <laughs> What's with the so accent now? Why not? <laughs> I like it. Why not? It's okay. Okay. So no, let's, let's be real again. Why did you decide um, to? Well, I thought it would be a cool way to, you know, kind of, it's like therapeutic, I think for me, because I found that just talking about our issues and whatnot it kind of gets it off your chest because my old way of thinking was don't talk about it just bottle it up and uh drink your way through it and uh clearly that didn't work out so um i'm here to kind of talk about it and get to work through some things and hopefully we can connect with some people that are kind of on the same level or going through the same struggle as us and let's go through this journey and see what happens yep rose yeah, I mean, to add to Al, I think same idea. I'm here to just talk about topics that I'm really passionate about. Um, as life has come, ups and downs have come. I've had my journeys of struggles. I've had my journeys through happiness. And I think, like Al said, I want to connect with folks that are just going through their daily struggles and ups and downs. And maybe if I can just share some things and some tips that have helped me, um, that's why I'm here. And me, um the why. Well, first of all, I want to have fun. I, want, I always have fun with you guys when we are hanging out on the weekends and we're chilling. And truth be told, we all kind of um, console with each other, right? We confide in each other, uh, our deep, dark secrets, um, more than some of our friends. And you guys have been my sounding board and my backbone and have had my back through some of my uh, difficulties through life. And I thought, well, here's an opportunity for the three of us now to build up some courage and see if there's like-minded people like us out there that we can connect with and we can help to build a nice digital community, a positive digital community, like-minded people where we just connect, we share, we talk about things and get it off of our chest and carry on our day. And hopefully we leave a positive legacy behind. That's, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, and truth be told, I think we'd spend like way too much time together. So I think we just realized, you know what, why don't we just turn our hanging out into a podcast? Because essentially, that's what we do. Usually every week we hang out and we just kind of go through our week and do a little pulse check and be like, hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Try to help each other out, give each other some insights like, okay, that's what happened to me this week and this worked for me and uh, see if it works for you. Like We're always sharing meditation music or try this and try that and yeah, I think I, I think especially with the technology out, it's uh like it just I feel like it was meant to be. I agree, and I think it's going to help us, you know, talk to the viewers, connect with people, and help them 
going through whatever they're going through to just have this community where we like-minded folks can just come together and have these honest, authentic conversations. Yeah. And I think, um, the biggest thing for me personally was the pandemic. Um, the pandemic was hard. Um, so um, hard. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what jump started because truth be told, like this has been a two year process for us. We were kind of thinking, we spent a lot of time with each other during the pandemic. We had a great support system. Mind you, you were across the border and you couldn't cross over for a good couple of months. And that was hard. Yeah. How did that, that make that you was feel? Really hard. The, that lockdown when they, you know, said you, you can't leave your house and you know, I'm six hours away from you guys. And it was a really difficult time that I, that I definitely had to go through. Um, um before I let you kind of connect, but I'm not going to lie in the very beginning, maybe it was the first 60 days. I was like a little kid in a school, like, yes, I can work from home. Uh, groceries are going to be dropped off at my house. Like, I, cause I'm already a bit of a homebody. And I was like, yes, this is so cool. I don't have to have human contact because I'm not going to lie. Sometimes as I'm, I mean, as I'm getting older, like human beings are just mean, like we're a bunch of jerks. So the first 60 days I thrived. I'm like, I'm loving this. I don't have to do the commute to work. I don't have to wear makeup. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear to work in the morning. But then something kind of happened. I started getting that shift where I started missing the human connection aspect. That's yep. what I was finding. I was kind of social beings. Yep. I was starting to go a little downhill. What about you? For me, um, in the beginning, I enjoyed it when they finally said everybody need to stand six feet apart. I was like, finally, fuck, I go to the store and everyone's always too close, man. I was like, we're standing in a lineup. There's no need, need to be right behind me and right in front of me. Six feet was like, finally, we can put this out there. But yeah, in the beginning, it was cool, but not really that much fun because I lost my job, unfortunately, due to the pandemic. But I was like, eh, what are you going to do? I get to sit at home and chill out. And then it sat in after a few months when I was like, oh, so this is not ending anytime soon and this is how it's going to be now like you got to wear a mask everywhere you go because i found the beginning was okay but when you're working and you have to wear a mask all day that's when it was tough because it's hard to breathe like i remember at work i'd go out take i call it a mask break right I'd go out for five minutes and just take my mask off just so i can breathe and then put it back on and come back in and yeah, it was it didn't become so fun after a few more months yeah. and that's when all the irritation and irritability started and we, and we got frustrated and so for me it didn't make a big difference in the beginning because i've always worked from home since 2018 i've had a remote job which just had me travel every month so it, that part didn't really bother me it was i mean i live in america and you know it's a country where you can feel fear so i mean i unfortunately had cnn on every day and i was like oh my god the world is coming to an end so um i think i overdid it with the news the breaking news and being in my head and being locked in the house was like just a yeah, yeah all that manifested together you got to be careful of the fox news yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on what news channel you're watching yeah they all have their own bias but Fox News is a different beast. Yeah. And everything is breaking news. Like yeah. everything is breaking yeah. news. Every, it was during that time. I swear every day there was some different story on the news, right? Like, um, and there's two things that I want to quickly acknowledge during the pandemic before we go to that channel that had all those COVID numbers from different countries. Yeah. And then China's number never increased. Yeah, it was stuck at 80,000 80, or yeah, something 80, like 80, that. 000. Yeah, 88,000. The world was progressing. People are dying and they're like, no, we're just... 
We're not going to disclose our yeah. numbers. Okay. So number one, we, ha- you know what? I've always had a respect for essential workers, um, for all the organizations right. I've worked for, um, whether you're in cleaning, janitorial, um, maintenance, anything like hats off because the essential workers kept our economy alive. Oh, yeah. They did the work that we actually couldn't do, or we were scared to do. So hats off. If you're an essential worker during the pandemic, we thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping the economy going and for stocking the toilet paper on the shelves of the aisle at every department store, especially Costco. Yep. Hang on, let's talk about that. What happened to people in toilet paper? And why the no. toilet paper? I don't understand why that. No, everybody's got to wipe their ass. So. <laughs> But if you're at home, you have options if you don't have toilet right. paper, right? Like you can hose them down, boys. Some people hose have bidets. Um, like we all have showers. So if it's really bad, we had options. So I never understood the toilet paper craze. Like why were people losing their I mind just, with the toilet paper? I think it's really a, a bad judgment on anyone, and it's uh, poor integrity when you're trying to uh, make a profit off people when it comes to essential goods. Right. I get when like electronics is a low supply or whatnot and you're selling a laptop that everybody wants and you're going to cash in a little bit on that. But when it comes to essential goods and people are buying them stockpile and then selling them at the back of their truck at like such an exorbitant price, like that to me was like just very Yeah, gone a little too far. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a little much. Well, it like, showed our human nature yeah, <laughs> for some of us. survival of the fittest. Right? Yeah. Um, what was the most expensive toilet paper that you saw on a site? I don't know, mom bought all that stuff. I let her so go deal with all the long line line I, I bought like two years worth of um, that before the pandemic. That's just my nature. When I'd go to Costco, I would buy a couple. So we were good. Like I didn't have any issues with toilet paper. Spoken like a true Indian. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm not Indian in the yeah. sense of indigenous. I mean, yeah. South Asian. We call ourselves Indian in our culture. Um, and we tend to buy things in twos all the time. Absolutely. Bulk. We, we keep a six-month supply. Tied. I had bulk yeah. uh, toilet paper, bulk yeah. paper towels, like you name it. Even right now at home, we have a six-month supply of toilet paper. Paper, paper towels, um, tie, lentils, anything, anything that's essential <laughs> that you have, and at least like a one month supply of milk. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that was that. Uh, I think the most expensive amount that I saw somewhere until they started cracking down on the pricing, and I think it was Amazon and some of the other sites were like, "Listen, like you know, we're going to um, you know start ca- closing your accounts if you're going to be charging ludicrous amounts." The most that I saw for a toilet paper, I think, was fifty five dollars. Yeah, I heard like hundred dollars. People were selling out of the their trunk but yeah that was yeah, crazy that's, that's that's who they are that shows a sign of their character that they're going to profit off of that stuff yeah and i think for the that was not i think i know that was the first time i think um globally that we all had the same amount of emotions at the same time in history because we were all feeling scared yeah we were because yeah. we were all in a lockdown um majority of us had to work from home or stay at home um and that was the advisory from the government officials so I think for the first time, you know, in, in our lifetime, we could all relate to what we were feeling at that given point in time. And I was scared. I was scared. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you just didn't know what this virus yeah. could do. We didn't know how the end. We didn't know. Yeah. And usually we always have answers to questions thanks to Google. But even yeah. Google was like, I don't know. Well, the media, it was scary in the beginning, especially when there was no vaccine out and you're seeing the numbers in like Italy where right. um, like the, especially the elderly folks, like they were just dying at enormous like, alarming rates and uh, they weren't allowed to see their family. So they were behind like a glass or even at the funeral, there's only six people allowed. It was very tough to see that. And then when they, people started saying this, these are lies, I'm like, how does the world make up these kinds of stories and show you real footage of like in New York when people are dying at a rate where they had trucks in the back of the hospital full of dead bodies because they had nowhere else to store them. They were just dying that fast. 
and people are still saying this is not real. Like I, I couldn't buy into that. But when I saw the footage, I was like, this is scary. And for me as a young person, I was like, okay, I'll probably survive the, the virus. But what am I, what's going to happen to my parents if I bring it into the house? That was a scary mm -hmm. part. So not going to see your friends because you know that they're going out and hanging out with other people. That was a scary time because we had no vaccine. We really were, everyone was scared, especially the media was keeping us afraid and we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I think, the difficult part was we wanted to make sure that we didn't bring anything home because mm -hmm. um, our father is a heart patient um, and we know that he has an immunocompromised system. And so we were being very cautious. So, of course, that meant a lot of video chats, video calls with family and friends, not a whole lot of going out. And I wore sometimes the double masks because... I didn't know any better. And at that time we didn't have the N95, you know, there wasn't much science behind what the masks, you know, were doing or what they weren't doing and how protective they were. So it was a really, really scary time for me. Just to change things up. I also will say the pandemic did do some good things. I mean, we were able to realize that a lot of us can work from home. Yeah. Um, it really helped me to kind of revert and go in. You know, I, I think I spent most of my life um, looking at the external environment and everything was outside of me. It helped me to pause on life and stop and really just start to assess uh, internally what's going on. And because when you can't leave the house, you really don't have a choice but to figure out what's really going on inside of me. And so that mm -hmm. time, I will say, I really started going down that path of, uh, you know, self-help, self-growth, uh, discovering who I am as a person, uh, spirituality, and it really opened up a lot of really cool doors. And I mean, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast if it wasn't me going down that journey and uh, really understanding the power mm -hmm. of the word courage. And mm -hmm. so I don't know, what about you guys? Uh. Uh. Yeah, um, I, I think for me, like, it was very difficult for me because I'm a people person. So I've always like enjoyed the going to the office and like feeding off everyone's energy and having a good time. Obviously, didn't like the traffic part of it. But uh, yeah, for me, I found it difficult. So I didn't know how to really deal with it. And I found that but naturally, it just kind of happened. My alcohol consumption started increasing and it went from, oh, and having on the weekend to, well, I ain't got no job. I ain't got shit to do. Uh, I was like, might as well watch Netflix and chill and four or five o'clock hits. You're like, I think it's White Claw time. And then you have White Claw and the next day you're like, well, I ain't got nowhere to be, sleep until 12, wake up. And then progressively you found that you're getting lazier and lazier and you're just consuming more alcohol, smoking weed. And cause you didn't have anything else to go. Cause you were like, well, what can I really do? You're scared to go to the store. You can't go hang out with your friends. Cause especially the, that thing was going on where if you were hanging out with your friends or having social gatherings, your neighbors were snitching on you. So you had to be afraid of that too. So it was just me, my lonesome at home, hanging out with mom and dad 24 seven all day. Well, at least uh, fortunately you still had some, um, you had mom and dad, right? There were so many people mm -hmm. that were, that live alone that didn't have mm -hmm. that. So it was that social isolation now, right? Who yep. you speak to. And, um, I think the biggest thing, cause I live alone, but I mean, for, for, for you and for mom and dad, you, yeah. there's a 10 minute drive away, yeah. but I still had to be careful because I was going into the office. I think it was like maybe once every three weeks and it gradually became once a week where I was going in. But even then there was very few of my um, colleagues and coworkers that were even coming to the yeah. office because they were scared. But I think for me, what I learned so much was, um, 
I thought I was mentally strong. I thought I was like mentally, I mean, forget physically, you know, I think I'm like physically strong for a female, but I was priding that, hey, I got this. You're going to be mentally strong. But at some point I started to notice that I was starting to crack a little bit too, that my inner dialogue with myself really was starting to become questionable where I was starting to think like, hey, is who's talking to me? Is that me or what's going on? And that's where I started to realize, um, that, you know, when you are isolated and you're feeling alone and you don't have an outlet to communicate, um, that's when you start to struggle. And I think that's why, you know, they say we're human beings, but I like to say we're actually social beings. Like we like to have the connection aspect, the connectivity, because that really is what connects the human spirit, um, together. So for me, um, yeah, I had to really work through my inner dialogue and that was a struggle for me. Yeah, and to clarify, I don't live with my parents. My parents live with me, and I consider them my roommates. Oh, <laughs> oh as our uncle wanna, would say, oh, that is that right? <laughs> yeah, I just want to clarify that. Okay, okay so uh, when... Uh, clarification. Yeah, wait till mom and yeah. uh, dad watch yeah, this episode. I'm, I'm wondering what she's making for me tonight. <laughs> Mom's going to take out her broom and like, what did you say about us? We're your roommates. <laughs> what about you, Rose? How? What did you find uh, the most difficult aspect? Because you weren't able to come cross over and really see us. We did video chats for almost, what, about four months? Until, thank you, Prime Minister Trudeau. He decided to open up and allow families to reunite during the pandemic, which was our saving grace, yeah. which was your saving grace. My saving yeah. grace. I will say that, you know, thankfully, I mean, my employer had offered, I think it was June or July, they came to me and said, would you like to be furloughed? And I didn't even know what the word meant. I was like, what does furlough mean? And so at the time I was married and I said to my spouse, like, should I get furloughed? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. And I'm like, and then I realized, and I spoke to um, a coworker and she said, what are you going to do? Think about it. you're in the house every day. If you don't have this job, what are you going to do? And I went, yeah, I don't have enough. I mean, we couldn't go out. You couldn't do things. And so I uh, thankfully was able to decline the furlough and I had kept my job, which I really think kept my sanity because they had let a lot of people go. The workload um, became a lot more bigger. So mm-hmm. I was working, you know, quite, quite a long quite So you long had a days. bit of a distraction mm-hmm. then, yeah, right? Yeah, so I had the distraction to keep me, you know, like, yeah. okay, I've got my job. And then, yeah, thankfully when the border opened to come home and reunite with, you know, you guys, you're my best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hard mm-hmm. to be apart yeah. from um, not by choice, by force. <laughs> um, but well, you guys, I say um, siblings are built-in best friends, right? We're true. so lucky. We're true. so blessed. But you got to back it up a little bit. So you have to explain what furlough means to those viewers that don't actually know what furlough is. It's a fancy way of saying. Laid off. It's a fancy way of saying we'll give you your uh, health and medical benefits, but we can't pay you to be working. And so you yeah. got to. My, employer, go on EIs, my employer called it straight layoff. So when you're like, I'm being furloughed, I'm like, that sounds really bougie. What is that? Yeah, you, but I didn't know what it was. I knew something was happening. I was like, we're gonna. I was at the airport, and there was the flights are all canceled. There was like tourism industry was the first to get hit, right. and I knew that something happened. And the manager was like, no, nothing's gonna happen, and we're all like having to work from home. But I was really doing nothing because there was no work to do. And then finally, about like a month, a month and a half in, they you get the call. It was like at like eight o'clock at night before I get a text message. Hey, are you available for a, a Zoom meeting tomorrow morning eight? And I was like. Yeah, I think what's going to happen in the meeting is like, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go um, because there's no work. There's no nothing. And basically after that, we found out that our entire department was just demolished. Everybody was gone. They shut it down and it was devastating. Like out of the workforce, almost like 50 percent was almost laid off. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was like a struggle, too, because now you're like, oh, man, OK, like it's one thing you just think, OK, you might have a job like for a while or it might come back. But 
you knew it was gone. And for me, I was actually enjoying that. I was learning a lot at that new place. Obviously, it felt like it wasn't like my purpose, my passion, but it was keeping me distracted at that time. And I was learning quite a bit about the construction industry and how it works, especially when you're doing construction in the airport. Um, it was cool. I was, but, you know, I guess uh, life uh, had another mm-hmm. uh, purpose for me. And right. so I find that you, that's what I found is you just got to go with the flow. You start hanging on to too many things right. and that's you can only take on so much stress. You've lost your job. You don't know what's going on in the world. Can't travel, can't see people. You just got to just chill. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where I really had developed that motto. You know, I might have a plan for my life, but then the universe has a plan for yeah. my life. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. at some points in your life, you just have to let it go and just accept what's going to come to you. And you just know, put your just, hands up sometimes yeah, and surrender. Just, go, just, just surrender, surrender to surrender. the universe. Let Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. 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 Yes, I agree. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think the other thing that was hard for us, um, and we'll probably dab into our next episode, is... Um, just before the pandemic, we actually lost our uncle that we were very close to. Um, and so the work for the few months before we, you know, like before they started announcing the layoffs, we had a little bit of a distraction to process I, that. I think it was right when it happened. It, I think a month it, before. It, no, it, was it happened before. in February, no, but February. in March, that's when it went locked down. Yeah. Right. The, right. We started hearing in January of all the reports of what's going yeah. on. And then February is when things just started changing because two weeks after his funeral is when they said no more right. 10 right. people at the... No more than 10 people at a funeral. And Someone like me who never watched the news before this, I had mm-hmm. no idea that this was happening. I, still I was traveling every week to San Diego for work. I had no clue uh, until the, that I got mm-hmm. a phone call from my boss saying, you can't travel. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Yeah. So 2020 was a rough year because we, you know, lost our uncle just on the start, just basically the onset of the pandemic. And then we had a lot of other family losses and uh, our beloved family dog passed away towards end of the year. So that was a really rough year. And it was a very challenging year for you, Al, because Mm -hmm. those four losses, you were very uh, connected to the the four losses, right? That was a lot to deal with, which we'll get into. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. um, That's a a whole different part. (laughs) That is. And that's the reason why I think we decided... Uh, collectively, we started to realize something is going on. There's a shift with us. And if we're feeling the shift, there's got to be other people feeling the mm-hmm. same way as us. Oh, and yeah. and hence why I think this podcast, that was just kind of where it, you know, the brewing stages yeah. and we started. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, I think we're getting to some good content and I think we're going to leave it for the, for that, for this episode. And we're going to carry on talking a little bit more about how the pandemic affected uh, us and maybe perhaps yourself and we can share and connect some stories. So I think um, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to our very first episode um as who's that character in shantaram he's from sons of anarchy Lin, uh, Lin charlie, Gold. charlie hunnam oh. Lin i like Baba. to say Lin Lin Baba. Baba. he says dhanyavad so we want to say dhanyavad we want to say thank you so much for tuning in we really hope you were able to find some information that you can connect or share or tell your your friends about but we're going to be back again next week so please tune in we are a tribe called Dylan Podcast. And until next week, please stay safe, take care of yourself, and we'll connect next week. Subscribe, like, and share if you like this content or if anything resonates. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.